Now is the perfect time to remove all blockages from your body with Reiki. That's why I have created the Fertility Foundation Collective. We now have over 60 Reiki babies. To join, go to carolinasotomayor.com. Hi, I'm Carolina, your podcast host and expert womb healer. Over the past five years, I've served over 500 women to remove physical blockages in their bodies. We achieve this with Reiki. I believe healing doesn't have to be done alone, nor should it be. You will hear stories of healing, methods to heal with, and guest speakers covering taboo topics you won't hear anywhere else. Let's continue this journey of womb healing together. Hi, I'm Carolina, your Reiki master and womb healer and podcast host. Thank you so much for being here. Before we get started, don't forget to go ahead and leave a rating and review. It helps us get further on those charts. And we're so excited. Last month, we ranked number 249 on the Apple podcast virtuality category. I know that may not seem like much, but my only goal was to provide quality episodes every week and eventually rank with a number next to my name. So my goals are already coming true. So today we're talking about something I know, I feel like I'm an expert in, but I think you're definitely going to find very insightful in. I'm definitely not an expert, but what most people get wrong about postpartum, I know, (laughs) like what? What do you mean people get something wrong with their postpartum? So as mothers, we spend so much time talking about conceiving and then we're getting pregnant and we're surviving morning sickness. And then you're planning your baby showers, your 20 week appointment, all the milestones in pregnancy and surviving the third postpartum, uh, third trimester exhaustion. And you go straight into birth. But postpartum is so commonly overlooked. This is a the fourth trimester, as it commonly is told. And we don't plan appropriately for this very delicate, vulnerable time. And that's the mistake that people get wrong with postpartum. They don't plan enough or plan appropriately for postpartum. And we're going to dive into what some things you should do to prepare for postpartum. The first thing you should do is understand that you're going to need support. And that support is going to be a little bit different. I recommend hiring a postpartum doula. A postpartum doula is a person, they range between $25 to $75 an hour in some areas, sometimes more. And you can buy packages. There are some doulas or doula agencies that will allow you to have as part of your baby shower, you can have your guests or family members buy hours. And a postpartum doula really is an expert too in postpartum, knowing they've studied in their certification, what days are your hormones going to peak? What are some signs of more than postpartum blues or baby blues? What are some things your husband can be doing or your partner can be doing to support you on those really hard days? Our postpartum doula, we had one, was amazing. And she was really helping my husband anticipate, all right, tomorrow is going to be a peak of something or her swollen feet should go down by now. It's time to call the doctor. They are not medical professionals, but they are definitely guides. It's really important to understand that they are not medical professionals, but they have studied postpartum disorders and they can help be on the lookout when they're like caring for you, 
ah, that's, that's not right. We should probably call someone or we should get in touch with your doctor. Or they're also in newborn care. They're helping you take care of the new baby and doing light housework, doing chores, maybe doing some light meal prep or heating up a food. They're helping move things along in your home so that you can rest. Usually postpartum doulas come in either in the daytime or the nighttime. They take care of baby. They make sure maybe if you're breast pumping or if you're feeding, they bring you baby and then take baby back so you can rest. Usually they're stepping in to allow you to have some ease. And especially as your first time mom, they are the most up to date. I don't care if your mom is the best in the world, but the, probably the last time your mom had a baby was 30 years ago, two decades ago. So postpartum doulas are the most up to date in what is modern and current practice in newborn care. They're also going to be like valuable resources in knowing what parenting styles are available. What is maybe helping you with lactation? So do you need a nipple shield? Do you need to see an IBCLC, which is an international board certified lactation consultant, which is the most specialized kind of lactation consultant you can have? Does baby need weighted feedings? Like they might be able to foresee things that you may have no idea that should be a concern. Because again, they're like walking encyclopedias of this time period in your life. And they have gone through a very rigorous certification to have that. So enough about that. Postpartum doulas, interview at least three. Go with one that you think is going to be amazing and with your gut. They are not just to take care of baby. They are also to make sure your house is running, cleaning, pumping parts. Some of them do double duty, meaning they're lactation consultant and postpartum doula. And let me tell you, that is priceless because if they're doing like an overnight shift and you're having trouble pumping, I don't care what anyone says. I took the breast pumping class and like actually doing it <laughs> when your milks come in is so different or trying to get your milk to come in is so different than it is when you're still pregnant and baby's inside of you. I think it's so important. I wish every mom could afford and be given a postpartum doula. Just having someone that's serving you just to make sure you're well is, is such a game changer because I didn't have any family around. The next thing is you don't meal prep. I see that common. Like, what are we doing to make sure that you have enough food in your freezer? Also, the food that we put in the freezer needs to make sure it's like, no tomatoes, no heavy garlic. If you're lactose intolerant, you need to carry that through. We want to be mindful of what we're meal prepping because if you are going to be breastfeeding, I believe fed is best. Always fed is best. But if you are breastfeeding, we don't know what potentially could upset baby's stomach. Things that you think are inflammatory foods, think that that could potentially make baby gassy, like beans, tomatoes are like the two things, overly garlic things. If you're, I'm lactose intolerant, so my mom actually came in and she made everything non-dairy for me and no pasta dishes. Also, you don't necessarily, if you don't have like, we lived in an apartment when we had Ollie, so we didn't have like a super big freezer. But we had at least a few weeks and we also were able to do a meal train. So we had some friends bring food or give gift cards. So if you have a dear friend or if you have a best friend or your mom can do this for you, I think it's still up. I mean, I used to do this when I was involved in our church. 
He used to be in charge of the meal train for people who may were elderly or sick or hospitalized in our church. And you can start a meal train and everyone can take a spot or they can gift you. Or now, you know, this is way back when I had Ollie in 2016. We have something that's incredible is DoorDash. You have Instacart. So like you can Instacart groceries as a gift to someone now. And for us is like, you can get ready go meals from Costco. Those are fantastic ideas and ways to, so maybe you don't have a whole lot of family, but if you're don't have a lot of freezer space, understand that there are ready to go meals in a lot more places than there used to be. So make sure that you are seeking those out. An Instacart subscription is like $100 a year and allows you to get things delivered to you. And honestly, it saves so much time. The next thing is you don't give yourself enough space to unfold in this new experience. You're like, what? What does that mean? It means that you push this watermelon out of your hoo-ha and you're never going to be the same based upon that birth experience, whether it was really empowering. And my truest hope is that it was. And now you will be forever changed. You are now responsible for this tiny human. And sometimes that is like a full like moment understanding it's not just you now. Like that was a freak out moment, I think, for my husband and myself. Like, oh my God. Like, if I F this up, like I it's not just me anymore. And like the full realization when you're holding this tiny human. I remember we were in the baby's room and I was sitting in the recliner. I was staring at him as he slept. He was in my arms. And I thought, holy shit, I made this human. It's freaking cute. But how am I going to support him for the rest of my life? I felt like I had gotten lucky my entire life on all the things that did go right. How the hell am I going to figure this out? So understanding that you really don't know how you're going to expand. And that's the best way to explain it is you're going to expand. You're going to change and you're not going to go back to the former version of yourself before you're pregnant. You are going to change in some ways and it could be for the better most of the time it is because you're serving this new human, but understanding you need to give yourself space and grace during this time so that you can let it unfold because you don't know how you're going to change. And a lot of that comes with time. With the help of my postpartum doula, I realized like I became hyper organized, but I realized that was a result of the hormones because I was coming off this traumatic experience with my birth. I was looking for things to control to help me cope. And I wasn't really aware of that. So I was like being very like with time myself, I would carry the baby. I was doing everything one-handed. I really wasn't supposed to move that much because of my C-section. And Understand also then after that, I became very dormant and I didn't really move that much. And I had to give myself space to process everything that happened and how it changed. I also became very patient. Before I used to be called Hurricane Carolina and I became very still and very patient and almost like observant of everything. And then I moved past that and I started to become more like a full functioning human being, part of the postpartum. You're going to go through a lot. 
just give yourself time to expand, contract, or just unfold the way it's going to. And if you need help, make sure you seek it. The last part is you don't need all the stuff. You don't need all the baby swings. You don't need all of the things. I do think actually a swing is helpful, but I don't think that you need all of like everything that's in Bye Bye Baby. I think babies need very little. And if you feel like you haven't bought enough, we bought so much stuff and like he outgrew half the clothes. We end up using one pacifier and honestly, it wasn't even the pacifier like that I thought he would like. He's going to have his own preferences. The baby's going to want their own stuff. Like, so you may think one bottle is really great, but they may not like that nipple of the bottle. Maybe they only like, I remember Ollie went on strike one time and he would only drink at the breast. Like he would starve himself and I would have to go to the daycare and he would only drink from boob. So you really just need to evaluate what you need. And if there's like this FOMO, like fear of missing out, honestly, there's going to be a new gadget next week. You really don't need everything. And I would spend more money on things that are going to make you feel good, like new pajamas, the button down, clothes are important in postpartum. I think anything that's going to create like easy access if you're breastfeeding is great. I think if you're going to, if I really had to give recommendations for clothes for postpartum, I would get a really great robe, not something that's too bulky. Um, I would get your favorite pair of sweatpants. And especially if you're like in cold weather, we get a great pair of socks. And if you have maternity leave, and I hope that you do, I would really go ahead and understand like, I would just wear the robe, no shirt. And then I would just pop out my boob and feed the baby when you need to. I also would recommend like creating a breastfeeding station if you're really new to breastfeeding and have everything there and really master breastfeeding because that's a skill for you that you're going to have to learn. Newborn babies have to learn breastfeeding too. And some of them have to learn how to suck correctly or how to get the nipple fully in their mouth. And I think having one station or one area where you're going to breastfeed consistently for a while and learning the different breastfeeding holds makes it easier and then go from there. I think with postpartum, it's important to know that you don't know how your breast is going to go and you don't know how baby is going to be after they come out. But having some prep and support ahead of time with the food makes one less thing you have to worry about. And you don't know how you're going to be in postpartum. And I recommend the last recommendation so make sure you have a standing relationship, an established relationship with a therapist. If you are prone to depression or anxiety now and you are not pregnant, it is possible you can develop. You're more likely statistically to have what's called prenatal anxiety, which is anxiety while you're pregnant. And then much more likely to have what we call postpartum anxiety or postpartum depression which are both known as PPA and PPD. It is much easier to feel safe and much easier to move through those things that are already hard if you have an established relationship with a therapist. So if you are pregnant and you're listening to this, make it on one of your to-do things during your pregnancy is to go see a therapist. You can go see a therapist 
even if you are emotionally well. You don't need to go to a therapist only when things are bad. And I don't think people know that. It's important to have an established relationship. I also think that it's important to talk to your OB about any anxieties you may be having while you're pregnant. It's also very, very important to understand that talk therapy is very helpful, but done in addition with other things can be even more helpful, can be very transformational and very impactful much quicker than you would think. Things that I love for postpartum recovery are acupuncture, Reiki, along with talk therapy. I also really love trauma massage. Trauma massage is much different than a regular massage. It's like purposeful to remove the trauma that's stuck in your tissues. If you're doing talk therapy, you're doing Reiki or acupuncture and get a trauma massage, you're going to be golden. It's also important to make sure that you are feeling emotionally safe in your relationships. Emotional safety is going to be very, very important for you to share how you're feeling. And sometimes how we feel in postpartum is not necessarily rational. You can have irrational fears in postpartum and they need to be talked about. I had a client who was afraid that a plane was going to drop out of the sky and hit her car directly. My irrational fear in postpartum was I was going to drop Ollie in the church when we were going to get him baptized in that he would end up like Edward Cullen in one of the scenes from Twilight, you know, one of the fighting scenes. So, and, you know, it was super terrifying. It was super hard to like wrap my head around. And, but I saw my midwife, I saw a therapist and I saw my Reiki practitioner, Reiki master during my postpartum, all three. I was being monitored and I had a postpartum doula and luckily we had saved up enough money. We also had a mommy helper because literally I had a very tough postpartum. So I know I was very privileged and very blessed. I also lived far away from my own family and a lot of my relationships changed after I had Ollie. I changed after I had my son. So again, that goes back to giving yourself space to expand. I no longer cared about the same things I used to before and the things that I was scared of or insecure about before I gave no shit about. There was a lot of, I used to work at a plant and there was a lot of mean high school girl bullshit that would happen. A lot of girl bullying. It was awful. And then when I went back, I was just like, I gave no shits. I have a little boy married and driving an hour each way. So literally I used to be super insecure whether people liked me or not. And then I just came back after four months home with my little one. And I was like, I'm here to work. And I lasted two months maybe before I quit and went on to a better job. So, and no one would have ever thought I would have left that job because I was like a top performer. So give yourself time to expand after you give birth to baby and make sure you can reach out for support. If you cannot afford a doula, there are some agencies or nonprofits in your area that might provide you grants to pay for one. 
So look for agencies or nonprofits in your areas to see if you're eligible. Sometimes also, depending on the provider of the postpartum doula, they might have a sliding scale for services. But it varies from state to state. We're in the Midwest. And also the level of experience and number of certification a person has might also determine higher rate for them. I always recommend interviewing three and read the contracts. They all have contracts and so make sure that you understand how many hours you're getting and how long that you're holding their services for. If you have questions about postpartum, I would love to hear from you. I would love to know what you thought of this episode. And you can always reach me on Instagram. Send me a voice note. I want to know you. It was an honor to connect and serve you this week. If you're a spiritually curious person wanting to conceive and heal blockages in your fertility, click the link in the episode description to learn more about the Fertility Foundation Collective. This October and November, all new members will be learning how to heal themselves with Reiki to boost their fertility. Make sure to grab your seat. Until next time, my friend, know your love.